Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the On Topic Podcast with your host, Jason Kim. And today I wanted to talk about um, something that came across my mind when I was watching uh, the show last night. And I was watching uh, the Showtime documentary called the... What's it called? The Comedy Store? Yeah, it was called The Comedy Store. Or it's about the Comedy Store. And it's... Uh, and yesterday's episode was on the Comedy Store in the early 2000s. And this you know current generation of comics that are now mainstream have come through that period. And sort of talking about where the Comedy Store is uh, going today. And in that episode, they talked a lot about podcasts. And they talked about how comedians use these podcasts. And in the show, they didn't really talk about the history of podcasting. I mean, that wasn't the purpose. The purpose is about, you know, stand-up comedy and the stand-up comedy scene around this one comedy club. But it got me wondering, you know, what makes a good podcast? Because when you look at all these comedians, they the way they talk about podcasting is it was a thing that existed and they just sort of tuned into it and they used it. And it's almost as if it's gone to a point where uh, these, con- like these comedian stand-up podcasts, are an ecosystem on its own. They, it's almost as if like only stand-up comedians do podcasts, and some people do think that. But, but then it really got me wondering: is uh, what makes a good podcast? You know, like I mean, what, what was it? What is it about stand-up comedians and podcasting that works so well? You know, there's someone like me here. I'm just you know projecting my voice and my thoughts into the into the the abstractness and blankness of the internet and you know see what reciprocates it's kind of like fishing in many ways and and as i as i really started thinking it was you know really what makes it so good well what makes a good podcast a good podcast and what makes it enjoyable or endearing or resonating or what have you you know and and yeah so and then I decided to I decided to think about my first experience with the podcast. You know, what was the first one I ever listened to? And I remember the first one I ever listened to was in high school. I think it was like 2008. It must have been 2008. And it was the iPod Shuffle. It was the era of that white iPod Shuffle that was amazing. It can only hold the one I had. It can only hold about like 300 songs it wasn't that much memory but i loved it it was you know it was great it was easy to use you know no screens but amazing battery life and one of my friends he was telling me how i he was telling me how he listens to a podcast and i was like what do you mean and he said it usually takes him an hour to get to school he says he lives in the south shore he has a I had to take a bus to the bus terminal. Then that bus takes him downtown. Then downtown, he has to take the metro all the way to Vendome. Then from Vendome, he has to take another bus to get to school. So all of that, it's about an hour. And and he was like, you know, I would at the end of by before I would even get to school, I would have already listened to all the songs on my iPod already. And he said, and he said, I, then I started listening to a podcast. I was like, podcasts, what are those? And he was like, well, the podcast I listen to is a musical podcast. And he was listening to A State of Trance by Armin Van Buren. And it, it was like these two hours, these two hour EDM track sets by Armin Van Buren. It seems like he would re- record them as he was doing it live on some radio show or he was doing it live at some concert. 
and every so often in between like three or four songs he'd come in and like talk for a minute talk about the song or he'd give a shout out or happy birthday to some fan he's like oh happy birthday to so and so and blah 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 and and yeah i remember listening to one episode it was two hours i went online i went to his website i think it was armored van buren's website and he uh i think it was for free I don't remember the de- <clears throat> I don't remember the details, but I remember listening to it, and I remember saying, "Oh shit! I can't believe he could listen to this for two hours straight, <laughs> two hours straight EDM." I was like, "Man, like I don't know how you do it." He was really into it, and I just you know, I was like, "Okay, so this is a podcast," and I understood it as just a very long format of something. And then after that, my the one podcast obviously that got me really in tune with all of podcasting was obviously like most people's the joe rogan podcast and obviously i'm a fan i think most people are fans and well yeah no, i mean i guess that's about it I, I like he through him i was introduced to all these other comedians podcasts and even podcasts of uh that is non-comedian you know like like the one i'm listening to right now it wasn't necessarily through joe rogan but it was uh there's a podcast called The Fall of Civilization. You can find them on YouTube. And the videos are really, really cool. But you don't need to watch the videos. But the videos do help you give an image to the historical, uh, you know, the historical context of the civilizations he speaks about. But then when you see all these different kinds of podcasts, they are all popular within their own markets or own genres. And so you can start to... Sort of, I guess, sort of trace what resonates with all of them. But let's start with the beginning, like not the beginning, but the surface, the superficial. You know, all of them have an introductory song. All of them have a recognizable cover art. There's an intro sentence. There's an outro sentence, and those are things that those are, I guess, in my head, I would call them hooks that you recognize the brand of the podcast by listening to the song, knowing the intro, knowing the outro, outro sentence, and everything sort of matches with that picture once you see that picture you can already see those three things happening right so when you see the joe rogan logo you hear that introductory song you know podcast uh what comedy by day podcast at night all day all night you know you you hear that and then you hear the song he doesn't have a he doesn't really have an intro or outro sentence but every, all this audio podcast starts with him reading all like a five minutes of him reading all of his ads but on YouTube, you you don't get that, which is great. And the Fall of Civilization, it's um, that podcast is a historical podcast. <clears throat> he starts the podcast with a story relating to the topic. Let's say he's talking about Easter Island, right? The 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 Moai statues and how it got toppled. You know, the fall of the Easter Island civilization. What happened? And he starts with a story of an explorer who comes across these statues. Is like, oh, what happened? And and then. The intro song kicks in, and then he has his intro sentence or paragraph that he reads, you know, or whatever. And then the cover art is, you know, it's it just kind of looks like a painting that insinuates uh, dread or not dread. I mean, uh, abandonment. I guess would be a good word. It feels abandoned but serene. Anyway, it gives you the idea of um, of really of a fallen civilization. Just it's a painting, but it, it evokes that image. So I started taking all this and seeing all this, and I was wondering, I do I have this? You know, like is uh, for this podcast, am I applying any of this? And I do have a recognizable cover art that I am developing. Don't have a song yet. That's also in development. 
intro sentence, yeah, I guess so. I kind of have one. An outro sentence, the last episode, I came up with one. But the truth is, and full disclosure to anyone who's listening, this is all a process right now. I'm going to keep making these, edit, learn how to edit, and then publish and do my best. You know, as you see, you're going to see the progress. You're going to see the growth. Because I am kind of approaching this as an artwork. I'm going to sound kind of, I'm pretty much going to sound pretentious to some, but I'll be honest. I am cover i am approaching this somewhat as an art form or something as a pastime given the fact that i can't really play sports right now but the dude is regularly on a regular basis and actually create meaningful content and to those who are listening and who are paying attention or following me on this on this journey i really do hope that you see the growth and you do appreciate because i want to share these experiences with you to to the audience out there Because uh, the way I see this, and in full transparency again, whenever I come up with these topics and think about it, I'm imagining I'm speaking to different individuals at a time. The first time I did this, the first season, the entire time, I actually thought about I was speaking to my sister. How almost every morning uh, when I go to work with her, you know, sometimes I wasn't the best at. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not a morning person, so sometimes drive to work, I wouldn't talk. But as of late, I realized that, you know, I'm not waking up in a worse mood. I'm waking, I'm still not a morning person, but I'm waking up in better, in a better mood lately. So I'm having all these conversations with my sister and in a calm mind, it's easy to converse with her and be patient and describe things and explain things. And so for the first season, I thought if I'm going to talk about soccer, for those who are not in the soccer world, this will be a completely foreign subculture. And to my sister, she knows I play soccer. She knows the teams I support. She understands some of the names, but she doesn't know everything. So I thought when making season one, I would pretend I'm speaking to her. And now I'm wrapping up season two and the person I'm metaphorically speaking to has shifted. But it's always that in mind. Because the purpose of what I want to do here through the content is I want people to really start appreciating some of the subtle things that we take for granted. Some of the mundane things that we kind of look at or take for granted or use on a regular basis, but do we really appreciate what we have? I don't mean to say that we submit ourselves and be incredibly humbled and you know all that. I'm just saying in some of those nuanced things, I really do think there is some minor beauties, if you will, to appreciate. Because the first time I went to a Premier League game in England, I sat there with the West Ham fans, all of them from East London, and I remember just saying, wow, like, you guys, I, I really do feel you've waited all week for this game. That was pretty disappointing. They almost won it, but then, oh, that was just bad defending. But anyway, it was just, I remember sitting there with 60,000 disappointed East London people and and thinking, Wow. They wait all week for this, <laughs> for for a disappointing game, but but it's it. I think it's beautiful. I, I like that. It's it's a thing that everyone just does, you know. And it's a community, and it's almost like there's no question. This is just what we do, you know. And even if it's a disappointing game, you can tell that they rather. This is all they rather do. I rather come watch a football game, even if my team wins or loses. At least like, you know, it's part of my life. It's what we do. And sometimes we see these people and these people come past us and we don't we don't wonder what their lives are like. We don't wonder how you know they see the world. 
and that's one of the main reasons why I love to travel. One of the things I, one of the main reasons I love to travel is just meeting new people and see what makes you tick. Are you like me? And I mean, it's intellectually, of course, like everyone's the same. Everyone's human. Like, you know, it's a stupid question, but it's easy to say that without actually doing it. And when you go out and meet people from foreign countries, speak foreign languages and you see someone comes up, he's like, hey, why are you upset? It's like, oh, okay, that guy's busting your balls, but you don't, you know, but you thought he went too far. Okay, I get it. You know, like it's, it's the same thing. You see that everywhere else in the world or this guy's happy because he says, yeah, I got this gross number. I'm like, yeah, same shit anywhere else in the world. So where am I going with this? <laughs> I guess I'm leading into content. Uh, yeah, I guess that's my content. I, <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to nail any single topic. There's some people who suggested it's like, maybe you should stick with soccer. You are very good with that. You understand it from an objective point of view and a subjective point of view. But I just, as much as I love that game, I find it limiting. I want to I wanna explore everything. And, you know, discover everything. Even if it's topics that I am familiar with or topics I'm unfamiliar with, these are still things I want to get at. I want to get to a point where I want to invite guests where things are a little more calmer with this, uh, with the COVID situation. You know, have people, have people who I don't know and, you know, see how they see things. You know, we need to learn how to start talking. But I do think that people, people know how to talk. It's just um, people are now, f- f- you know, afraid, afraid to speak their mind, afraid to say anything. And if there's one thing I always thought I was pretty good at, I was talking about controversial subjects without pissing anyone off or without pissing, or yeah, yeah, really without upsetting anyone. You know, I remember at church people had always said that you're pretty good at that, but I don't know if that, I don't know if that same sentiment or technique transfers to today's time. But anyway, now in relation to this podcast and the content on this podcast, you know, I'm just trying to illuminate things that we may not consider different angles that perhaps we haven't approached. We as in, I guess, mainstream society's perceptions or point of view on certain things, you know, like that's the one thing I've always sort of enjoyed in in school was always providing a different point of view or, or an alternative point of view, alternative just meaning not that I'm some weird indie thinker or one weird hipster thinker, nothing like that. I mean, just like, you know, a different way of uh, viewing things. And that's the one thing I always sort of took pr- pride in. And and I always try to do that. And I always try to be objective and also consider subjective feelings. And, and I'm always left somewhat unsatisfied when it comes to an answer that includes both an objective point of view and a subjective experience. At church, that my my experience at church only provided a subjective experience, and then my experience at school only provided an objective point of view on things. And it was only during my masters in school where where I was able to really understand both worlds and sort of mold both of them and understand what it means to be both subjective and objective in relation to religion. And I realized that these two th- two things that we do consider, but I don't think we take seriously enough, perhaps, both in school and everyday life. Everyone is either too objective or too subjective. Everyone's too emotional or too rational. And it's you know, and more when I when I think of uh, all those cliche things of balance and groundedness and all those like all those things you hear those hippy dippy California people say all the time. You know, my I guess the negative pessimistic what East Coast mentality 
always rejects that kind of you know that kind of language like ah oh, reject that nonsense but the truth is is like there's a lot of truth to what they're saying you know it's there's a lot of truth to those old asian uh philosophies and religions and where they say you know balance is a key that is the most human thing because humans we're not ultimate good or ultimate bad we're a balance of both and that is the truth and and yeah, I'm sorry I went a little deep there, but <laughs> that's kind of how my mind works. I, I go into these deep dives when I get one topic and I just go and and yeah. But anyway, and then this leads me to a last part of every, of any podcast is, you know, what is the voice? What is their voice? We talk about content. Content is, you know, we know what it, the person who produces the podcast is aware of what they're giving out, the content. They know what it is for follow civilization, that content being history and storytelling or history through storytelling, let's say. And But then they have their own voice and the voice is, again, if I were to use follow civilization, the voice is the narrator's great oral technique i guess <laughs> uh you know he's articulate obviously smart and easy to follow not uh, not ever convoluted everything's clearly explained everything has a motivation or everything is connected there's a logical step to everything that is explained and that's history history is just one kind of logical step at a time oftentimes those steps could be found on illogical decisions but it was still you know that illogical decision will lead to the logical outcome of bad. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, you know, that's history. That's life. That's, it is what it is. That's science, I guess. And again, related back to this podcast, you know, what is my voice? What is this podcast voice? And again, I guess keep doing it and, and I'll find it. Some of you might already say, oh, I think you already have a voice. You just don't realize it. Whatever it is. Or it could be, I haven't found one. I need to keep developing. Whatever. Whatever it is, it's... I just got to keep doing it. I guess that's a formula. That's a key. If there's anything, I have to remind myself. If there's anything that history has taught me or anything I've noticed from history, is oftentimes the the things you stumble across or the things you create out of convenience or out of goodwill ends up becoming a big thing. You know? Uh... The one example I could think of, there's probably like, for example, the invention of fire. It was most likely an accident or who knows, but it definitely led to where we are now. And if I use another example, a really, <laughs> a really weird one. Um, this, this story I kind of enjoy. I forget the names. I decided not to look it up and I've decided to remember it how I remembered it <laughs> when I read it in the book Sapiens, actually. And it was about the history of the actuary actuary math actuarial math or the history of the actuary accounting industry i suppose for those who don't know who don't know uh actuary from what my friend explains it to me it is pretty much the accountants accountants maybe i'm wrong but the way i understand them is that these are dudes who do a lot of math a lot of calculation and they're the ones responsible in calculating your uh insurance i suppose yeah your insurance and all those things you know your life insurance your medical insurance your pension you know it's these guys who do all the calculations and i found it fascinating when i was reading sapiens of how this industry got started and it got started off 
a really noble cause. It it started in Scotland among Presbyterian pastors. Presbyterianism is a is a denomination within Protestantism. Within the Protestant branch of Christianity, there are many different Protestant variations of different denominations. For example, I grew up Presbyterian. There are a lot of Baptists, uh, Pentecostal. Uh, well, there are evangel- well, evangelical means that these are ones who go out and preach and so on and so forth. There are United, Methodists, Calvinists, Lutherans. I mean, there's, there's so many different Protestant denominations. But anyway, what makes Presbyterianism kind of in- interesting or unique among Christianity is among the Protestant Christian groups is A, it was founded in Scotland, which doesn't really mean anything. It was just founded in Scotland. <laughs> and um, it's it kind of it has a hierarchy, sort of similar to the Anglican Church or the Catholic Church. There's the presbyters, except they don't have a single leader. It's just all the eldest uh, priests or the eldest pastors get together, and they're like you know the deacons or what they're called the presbyters, which means the elders. It comes from the Greek word the elders. And anyway, so when this Protestant denomination was only within Scotland or mostly within Scotland. Uh, they realized that a lot of these uh, pastors would die, would die first, and then the wives obviously would still be alive with the kids. And they noticed that a lot of these wives, these uh, pastors' wives and families, when the pastor would pass away, would pass away or die, uh, these fa- his family would go broke. They have no more source of income because this is still a time when it was a single home income, and it was the man who went out and got the job, and it was the woman who stayed home to rear the children. You know, very traditional times, of course, and. The other presbyters, the other pastors were kind of disturbed at what they were saying. They're like, no, we don't want our kids to suffer the same fate. We don't want our families to suffer the same fate. So we got to do something to compensate for their loss. So they started doing math. <laughs> and uh, they started doing the math and then they started uh, measuring, calculating how much would a family of, let's say, a, a family, a mother and her two children, how much would they need financially to survive the year? So they started doing the math. Okay, rent, food, blah, 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 blah. And they came up with a number, which was, I think I think at the time, 1,700. So it was like 2,000 pounds or something like that. 2,000 pounds for the year. And it was so impressive that today's actuarial mathematicians and historians did the math in today's formula. Our, today's mathematical formulas are far more accurate. They're better. And they did the math and they said that the math of that time was so good and accurate that it was only one pound off. It was only one pound off of what they actually needed to survive the year. And that's kind of how the actuary accounting industry was born in Scotland. It was founded on pastors who were looking out for each other, who were looking out for their families and saying, you know, I don't want my family to go broke if I ever to die from disease or whatever. And that's how it was made. It was well-intentioned pastors looking out for each other. It was a community within a community looking out for each other, and they came up with a, a formula to financially protect each other. And that's how you get an insurance industry from from Protestant pastors. <laughs> from Protestant pastors. And you notice that, and you think, here we are in a multi-billion dollar industry where everyone has insurance. You can't drive a car without insurance. Even in Canada, we might have medical insurance through the government. You still need insurance to get, you know, to pay for, let's say, massotherapy, physiotherapy, 
you know, eye doctor, dentist, what have you. Or even mental health, which uh, should not be a private thing. It should be a public thing. But anyway, or should be more readily available to everyone, as I, I should say. But to go back to the point, they did not intend for this to become an, in- an industry. You know, they wanted this to just look out for their own. And not the entire world works on this uh, operation, you know. Some people say, oh, it's a bad thing, corporate, you know, corporate America taking over. But I see, you know, it is what it is, you know. When your car gets crashed, you'll be, gr- you'll be grateful that you have something called insurance. Yes, it will suck. Uh, I, I'm speaking from experience. It will suck, but, you know, you're grateful. As long as no one gets hurt and everyone's compensated one way, everyone's happy, win-win, we're all good. So I hope that through this podcast, I will start an industry. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. If I get started an industry through this podcast, that'd be crazy. But I don't think that'll happen. Anyway, um, this was kind of a more relaxed, honest episode today. This is really my most honest me. And this is me thinking out loud. I think I'll actually name this episode Thinking Out Loud or What Makes a Good Podcast. Uh, but all those who are listening, thank you again for listening. Please uh, share and uh and tell and tell your friends about this podcast um make it grow and please don't forget to follow and subscribe on uh, on my instagram at jason underscore jisoo or on other podcast streaming services like anchor or spotify or google Podcasts. um please follow i'm gonna need it <laughs> all right so again thanks for listening should i stick with the outro sentence of don't be shy and go exploring because that's something i really want to tell myself Oh yeah, one last thing. The outro and intro sentence should be something I should tell myself. I guess for now, because I can't do it, don't be shy and go exploring. Even if that means go exploring online, go explore a topic that you've never thought you'd you'd consider. So from Montreal, thank you for listening. I'm Jason Kim. Goodbye.